Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey there, you podcasters. I wanted to come on to be a blessing to you on this evening, right before the holiday. I had been just really deeply in my word, trying to get a word for you to bless you. I mean, to bless you in such a deep and an awesome way. God has taken me on a short journey and he's just been revealing some deep things to me and and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it and I'm going to tell you I'm refreshed and I'm in love with him all the more. And I'm decreeing and declaring even now that you'll become more in love with the the father and what he has for you in this season that you, if you have pulled away, you know, because of the cares of life, because of time that you will pull closer to God in this hour, that you will return back to your first love. Cause God is desiring to really speak to his children. He's desiring for them to understand that he loves them. He's desiring for them to feel that they have a place of rest in him. When the world looks as though it's chaotic, the Lord is saying, even now, there's a place of rest inside of me. There's a place of rest from the storm. There's a place of rest under my mighty wing. There's a place of rest in the cleft of the rock. The Lord is saying that he loves you on today. I know that the year is winding out. I know that we are uh, stumbling upon the Thanksgiving holiday. And what a better way to say thank you to God than spending intimate quality time with him. I'm going to tell you, people of God, there is no bigger payoff than the payoff received by way of the fruits in your life when you have spent intimate time with God, it shows in your attitude, it shows in how you treat people. It gives you more patience, more love, more kindness. It multiplies the fruits of the spirits in your life like you've never seen before. The word of God says that he wants to do above all you could ever think or imagine. And I sense even on the spirit that he is trying to do something new and afresh with us. I said that he's trying to revive us, renew us, and refresh us in this hour, but that's not something that you're just going to get. You can only get it as you pull in nigh to him and he pulls in close to you. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about on today is the great divide. If I had to title today's topic, it would be called the great divide. And the great divide is what is happening inside of us because we are born as sinners due to the great fall in the garden. And we were originally in a state of perfection. 
We was needing nothing. We were in relationship, a perfect relationship with God with no sin. But when sin entered in, it caused the great divide. But how many of you know on today that even though the great divide has happened, he sent Jesus Christ to atone for our sins and to be the bridge between us and God. So now we can get through Jesus to the Father. And I love it when I think of it. It's such a beautiful picture in my mind. It's like a, a broken bridge and the Father is over on the other side of this broken bridge with his hands out trying to get to us. And there's no way to repair this bridge or to, to put up a new bridge. We don't know how to do it. And Jesus Christ comes in the form of the bridge the bridge to me and the Father as his hands are extended to you on today to, to hold you, to bless you, to comfort you, to be a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. He's there to be a wife to the male widow or a, a male to the, the wife widow. He is there to be a child to the childless. He is there. He is the I am in this hour. And I'm decreeing and declaring that even now, that as you find rest in him, that you'll begin to bear fruit. And that's what I'm going to be talking about on today. I'm going to be moving in very different areas, but I will braid it all together so that you might understand in the end what I am talking about on today. If I had to title it, it would be titled The Great Divide, The Great Divide the great divide. If I had to look in the scriptures, we would be in Galatians 1 and 10. We're going to be in several scriptures on today. So I ask that you be patient. I ask that you grab your ink pens, your notepads, your iPhones, iPads, whatever you do to record a word from the Lord. Today's going to be an awesome word and I want you to record it. I want you to get it. I want you to put it on the replay. I want you to listen to it over and over again in the shower, in the car, you know, with no distractions. I just want you to allow it to soak in your spirit like a sponge. Picture yourself as this dry brand new sponge and you just wet it and just allow it to soak up to the point it takes new form still the same shape but a new form and because it's taken in all this anointing all this water you know and it's going to be a blessing to you in this hour so i'm in galatians 1 and 10 i'm going to go ahead and read it to you and again today's topic is called the great divide i'm in galatians 1 and 10 10 reads like this. Obviously, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I am trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. I'm going to read that again. That's our anchor scripture. Obviously, I am not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I am trying to please God. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be Christ's servant. And this is a very interesting scripture. This is Apostle Paul actually talking. And he's making a statement. He's making a uh, proclamation, if you will, to let the people know, look, I'm not trying to, to please you because if I choose on the side of this great divide to please you, then there's no way I can be pleasing Christ at the same time. And I, and I love this as we go into the remainder of this month and get ready to close out if that is the Lord's will. It's for you to understand that you can't people please and God please at the same time. 
And the reason you can't do that is because you're in the world, but not of the world. If you're trying to please the world, then you're you are looking at it from a natural perspective rather than a spiritual perspective. God would have us to walk in spirit because we are, we're now new creatures. We're now justified by faith. We are saved. We are walking this Christ-like life. But the way that we are able to develop these Christ-like characteristics is by allowing God to do the work on the inside. And that's kind of where I want to anchor at today is the work on the inside and what that work looks like. Because you'll hear me say that oftentimes that the Lord is doing an inside job. The work first starts in the inside and then it comes to fruition on the outside. I know that I'm right because if we just take the natural, a natural symbolic thing to look at, to parallel this scripture and to parallel this thought process so you can get a clear picture in your mind of what I'm talking about, is you can look at anyone's skin. So the skin on the outside is an evidence of what's going on on the inside. You know how when people will try to uh, get brighter skin and they will use products, topical ointment, and a topical ointment or some type of topical type of cleanser is something where you're washing the surface of the skin. But if the surface of the skin is being affected by what's going on internally, then you can put all the topical ointments over your skin that you want, but that thing is coming from the inside, manifesting itself through the skin as to what we would see. So that's why oftentimes you see people who are trying to go on a skin regimen, they will take vitamins because oftentimes the doctors will say, hey, you probably need to be taking some type of vitamins because you may be lacking some type of nutrition that's causing your skin to look dull. So let's try working on the inside along with those topical creams that you're using on the outside so that we can get the best fruit the fruit would be whatever is produced in the end that the person would see, you know, when they interact with you. So what is happening is to get the work done on the inside, there's something that's taking place, you know, inside of you so that something could be produced. And when I look at whatever is produced, that's the evidence of what's going on on the inside. And you say, okay, I understand that, but what does that mean? It says, you know, what it means is we have to get this basic concept of the work on the inside is done by way of relationship with Christ. When we became a new creature, that new creature, because being a new creature, when you profess salvation and, and you are now a born again child of God, you are now growing in, in, in Christ. When you're growing in Christ, the way that that growth occurs is by the relationship that you have with Christ. So we, and that relationship is grown, it's developing over time while you're spending time in prayer, while you're spending time in the word of God. And, and as you spend this time with God in these intimate ways by reading your word, meditations, prayer times, devotionals, you know, praising God, worshiping God, um, spending time with your brother or your sister through ministry, all those things are the things that we begin to see from the relationship that's happening on the inside coming. It comes to fruition on the outside by a way of a product. And um, I like it because 
when Paul is saying, obviously, I am not trying to be a people pleaser. No, I am trying to please God. If I were trying to please people, I would not be Christ-like. He's trying to get us to understand that the principle of being in the world, but not of the world, and that when I'm in the world, the world has its principles and the spirit has its principles. And, and what do I need to see? He's saying that the, the principles are going to be different, but you don't have to find yourself tossed between them. You can find peace in knowing that if I seek ye first the kingdom of God, if I get my vertical relationship right with God, all these other things will be added unto me. He will he will get those things in order that are lying in the horizontal of our lives. And you say, well, I don't understand. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. The, the question then arises is, Whose approval are you seeking on today? See, Paul made his proclamation clear in Galatians 1 and 10. He's saying that, uh, obviously, I'm not trying to please people because if I try to please people, then I can't please God and I could not be God's servant. He's making it clear that, you know, the approval that I'm seeking in this hour is to be Christ-like. Uh, and to be Christ-like it doesn't align with the things of, of natural thinking. It doesn't align with uh, what people would want from me. It, it doesn't align with that. And, and the reason I say whose approval are you seeking is crucial that you begin to understand that if you aren't seeking God's approval and you're seeking man's approval, you can err and you can err fast and really quick. And as you are seeking man's approval, you may get man's approval, but you may inadvertently abort the relationship you have with God because seeking man's approval nine times out of 10 causes you to find yourself or could cause you to find yourself in an area of disobedience. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit about one of our well-known stories in the Bible of King Saul, who is seeking the approval of man and found himself falling from the, the place of rulership that the Lord had given him to rule over the people. So, so go with me over to 1 Samuel 15 and 22. 1 Samuel 15 and 22. And I want you to continue to think about what I said, the great divide, this divide between pleasing God and pleasing man, this great divide that we have to grasp, we have to catch wind of, else we can fall and find ourselves like King Saul and falling from a high place to a low place. Because when we start to people please, there's all types of things that can enter in. Pride enters in and Saul shows all the typical, what we call textbook classic things that happen when you're trying to people please certain things begin to crowd around you. There's a certain fruit that's produced when you're trying to people please, just like there's a certain fruit that's produced when you're trying to God please. When you're trying to please God, then we ought to be evidenced in Galatians 5 and 22. It says the Holy Spirit, if it's operating in your life, if it's resting in your heart, if it is working in you, because we need the Holy Spirit working in us to show us how to please God. It's the Holy Spirit's job to, to help us develop in those areas because he understands what is already settled in heaven. He understands the conversation that's already happened between Jesus Christ and the Father. And 
it's his job during this dispensation to be able to bring us into all truth by way of being being a guide for us, being the light for us, being a keeper for us, being a comforter for us. And we get to see just how much the Holy Spirit is operating in our lives and how much we are truly submitted unto the Holy Spirit so that we can please God since the Holy Spirit knows what it takes to please God. He knows what God is wanting at every second and moment of the hour of the day. He already knows because he was already with them in the very beginning. He was with them in the very beginning and it's his job now to lead us into all truth. But go over to First Samuel 15 and 22. I'm going to start writing and I'm going to start at uh, verses 22 and then I'm going to pop up to um, verse 12 as well so that you can see the fruit of Saul and, and the path that he was on. It was so clear that he was headed in the wrong direction and, and it's almost like, wow, he was headed there. Why didn't someone stop him? But too much is given, much is required. In this hour, in this season, God is going to be requiring uh, things out of us with an expectation that we're going to be obedient unto what it is that he desires. This isn't the time where we ought to be tripped up because we are trying to uh, be double-minded. We're trying to please God and trying to please man. It's impossible to do that. You have to be hot or cold in this hour. To try to do both is a double-minded man and a double-minded man is unstable. In all his ways, there's no way to please people and God at the same time. You have to make your call and your election sure on today. You have to know that you know that you know that I'm sold out for Christ and I'm sold out to the point that whatever it takes, whatever it's going to cost me, I have already signed my name on the dotted line. I, I understand the contract and, and, and I, I'm sold out for this thing. I've accepted the fact that some things are going to have to fall off in this season if I want to ascend to the high place with God, that everything can't go. How many of you know that in this season that everybody can't go? And I need you to get that on today as God begins to do this work with you. Everybody can't go. I know that I'm right because, see, see, if everybody could go, then we he wouldn't have the, the scripture that talks about the narrow door and, and the wide door, you know, or the road. There's a narrow uh, place that people are going, can choose to go through. And that's nine times, that's the place of truth. That, that place is narrow because a lot of people aren't willing to pay the price to go that route. Some people aren't willing to give things up to go that route. Some, it says that uh, it's easier to put a, a camel through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to give up those things to serve God. And what they're saying is that it's difficult to, to want to, to please the world and please God. You can't do it. It's impossible. You got to make a decision, accepting the fact that it's going to cost you. Come on now. Jesus Christ took the, he, he took it all on his shoulders, died for us. It cost him his life, his life. What more will it cost you to continue to walk this beautiful path with Christ, you know, what, what more is it going to cost you? It says that the students not above the master, that we can't take a shortcut. It costs Jesus Christ everything. He laid down his life for a friend. I don't know anybody who would lay their life down for me. So we know that he loves us. 
And it says that he is doing the father's will. He was like, if you saw me, you saw the father. He's, he's, he's paralleling so that you would know that he's only, he could only speak what the father has told him. So he's telling us something and showing us an example of how to do it. What a loving father, how to, to walk upright. And then he leaves us these scriptures, you know, Paul saying that you can't be a people pleaser and a God pleaser. And I'm going to show you why. If you try to be a people pleaser and a God pleaser, then you can find yourself where Samuel's at on today. I'm in first Samuel 15, 22. It says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to the voice? Obedience is far better than sacrifice. Listening to him is much better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is a bad as sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you from being king. Now, what has happened? I'm going to give you a quick backdrop. What has happened? And Saul was given a command to go. He, he was going to, to basically destroy the Amalekites. But to destroy them, there was a command he was given from the Lord to destroy everything. Saul was supposed to go in, slaughter the Amalekites in the, at, at Havalah. Yeah, he, in verse 7 it says, Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Sir east of Egypt. He captured Agag and the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the cattle and the fat of the cows. Everything that, in fact, that appealed to him, he kept it. So the, the concern with, at this point would be he had a command to do something specific from, from God, but how did he find himself doing something odd, something different, something that he justified in his mind by some way, some some sort of spirit I would, would imagine. I'm not saying that that's in the word, but I'm just trying to, to think, and I would ask you to take a leap of faith with me on today. What was speaking to Saul to tell him that it was okay to do it his way when he had already been given a command guidelines, you know, do this on line one, do this on line two, do this on line three. What made him think that he could do it a different way and, and give that to God? I don't know. That's why I'm talking to you today on this podcast. I, I'm trying to figure out why did he think that he could please people and please God? It's evident that, they, that, that that's not possible, but somehow Saul thought he could do it. Let's jump down to verses 24. It says, then finally, Saul admitted, yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. Get that. Remember, I said today's title is the great divide. The great divide is how can you please people and how can you please God? How can you do that? The, the scriptures are showing us that it's not possible because this is what happens to someone who tries to please people and they try to please God. He tried to please people by way of saying, I'm going to keep the best of this and I'm going to sacrifice it. And I justify this thing to do this by saying, OK, I'm going to to keep the best and I'm going to sacrifice it to God. My question is, really, was it? Him just saying that he was trying to please people, was that just an excuse that he gave in 1 Samuel 15 and 24? 
15 and 24, when he finally admits to Samuel that, hey, I've sinned. I disobeyed the instructions that the Lord commanded of me. And then he gives the excuse that because he was afraid of the people. I don't know, but it makes me wonder because if you go back up to verse 12, I think that he was already creeping out of the will of God before he had even done this act. He had already creeped out of the will of God, because if you go up to first Samuel 15 and 12, it says early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to Carmel to set up a monument to himself. And then he went on to Gilgal. OK, what does that mean? This means that pride comes before the fall. Look at this. Saul decides to set up a monument after he had went into battle and, and he deems that he's won the battle. It's evident that he's won the battle. The Lord said he was going to give him the battle, but he didn't follow the instructions required to, to complete the battle in the way that God had required of him. And, and, and as he's going on his own way, and verse 12 shows us clearly that he's disillusioned almost to the point that early the next morning, the prophet Samuel has shown up looking for Saul. Samuel is now on the scene looking and saying, hey, where is Saul? And someone tells the prophet Saul went to Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went to Gilgal. Who sets up a monument for themselves? See, this reminds me back in the scriptures. Remember when uh, Saul builds a monument for himself in which was a contrast to Moses and Joshua who gave all the credit to God. They gave all the credit to God whenever they went into battle. Remember, Joshua goes into battle. He's in there fighting. Moses has to have his hands held up and he's down in the valley fighting. He gives the credit to God when he's done. Same thing with Moses. Moses comes through the Red Sea. He gives his battle credit to God, but not Saul. Saul was a bit different. Saul, and I want you to ask yourself, are you like Joshua? Are you like Moses? Or are you like Saul? Where when you come over and you win the whatever God said you were going to win. Come on now. He said he makes our efforts a success. He gives you the win and then you go and build a monument to yourself. This is what Samuel did. He built a monument to himself. He gave glory to himself. And then he wondered why he found himself at verse 20, 24 and snared in sin, disobeying the instructions that the Lord had originally given to him. I, I say this is textbook classic where it says pride comes before the fall. The pride shows its ugly head at verse 12 and then it begins to manifest itself externally because how many of you know that the sin that goes on on the inside will eventually manifest itself externally on the outside yeah i know that i'm right because it says all those these things that that happen to us they first are evidence that we are really walking with christ and having a christ-like life and the holy spirit is dwelling in us then we ought to have what certain characteristics produced that we see over in Galatians. And here we can see what's dwelling in him. There's something other than Christ dwelling in him because it's producing a fruit. And for him, that 
fruit came in the way of a monument that eventually came in the way of disobedience to the instructions of God, where he feels that he can kind of finagle it a little bit. That's why the prophet says obedience is better than sacrifice. You're coming to God saying, I followed the ritual, God. I did what you told me to do, but you did it your way. That's not what he told you to do. And you tried to make right, I mean, wrong look a little bit right to a holy God. And, and Samuel, I love it because Samuel says, but in replies, it says, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and the sacrifices of your or your obedience to the voice? Obedience is far better than sacrifice. He's saying, OK, okay don't try to, to 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 go to a holy God that knows everything. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent everywhere, all the time, outside of time, looking into time, external God, looking at all these different things, has all power in his hand. He's created everything for him, by him, and you would try to, to sell him his instructions, but muddy them a little bit and tell him to accept it. I, it just makes me say, mm, are we doing that at this point in our lives? Are we getting instructions from God and, and twisting them a little bit, you know, to, to, to please people and please ourselves at the same time? And then we try to put blessed oil on it and say, this is God. I want us to be careful in this hour. I want you to go over to 1 Samuel 15 and 30, and we're getting ready to close. And 1 Samuel 15 and 30 gives us a full-blown sin. How many of you know if you spend time with God, you become pregnant? And what he did is he spent some time with something other than God. Paul said that there's something called a form of godliness. It's something that kind of looks like God and it can kind of counterfeit God, but it is not God. And this is what I, I believe that's coming to fruition in this scripture. And I was not saying that that's how it reads, but I'm saying this is what I believe that's happening. And I'm saying just journey with me and, and, and think about if this could potentially be happening to Saul at this time. I'm again at... First Samuel 15 and 30, it says, then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned. Now, this is him pleading with the prophet. He's pleading with the prophet at this time. And I want you to keep in mind the title of today's topic. It says the great divide. The great divide is whose approval are you seeking? Are you seeking God's approval or man's approval? And he's still trying to, to play the fence. He's still trying to, to be devil-minded. You know what we know? Devil-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, I want you to see his instability come to fruition right now it says then Saul. i'm at verse 30 then Saul pleaded again i know i have sinned but please at least honor me before the leaders and before my people by going with me to worship the lord your god get this and this is something else that kind of boggles me every time Saul talks about the lord in this particular scripture and i'll do a teaching on this later because i need to do a deep dive but he he talks to samuel and he tells samuel the Lord, your God. It makes me wonder in the back of my mind every time I read it, when he says the Lord, your God, is that showing the separation that he really wasn't submitted to the Lord, our God? When I'm addressing God, we and we say we're a universal church, we love God. He's our God because he's the only God. He's the one true and living God. But Samuel is I'm sure listening and he's saying the Lord, your God, I'm trying to give sacrifices to the Lord, your God, almost like there's multiple gods. And I, and I want to give this to your God. It just, it just makes me feel that maybe Saul wasn't completely submitted to, to God, understanding that God is the all knowing and the one true and living God. I don't know. The scriptures don't tell us, but the Holy Spirit is definitely making me say, I need to go on a treasure hunt to figure that thing out. I'm at verse 30 and I'm getting ready to close. It says, then Saul pleaded again. 
I know I have sinned, but please at least honor me before the leaders and before my people by going with me to worship the Lord your God. So Samuel finally agreed and went with him and saw worship the Lord. Now get this. So, so he's already sinned. The, the prophet has told him that, that you have sinned, you have did something displeasing to God, and basically that you've been rejected. Because if you float down to 26, it, it, he, Samuel was telling him, you know, I will not return with you since you have rejected the Lord's command. He has rejected you. So Saul at this point in time already knows and from verse 26 reveals to us that he knows that he's lost the kingdom. It's rejected. But and, and instead of falling humble at that point that I've lost everything. The Lord has rejected. Come on now. This is not your friend rejecting you, your cousin rejecting you, your mommy, your daddy rejecting you. This is the Lord rejecting you. This isn't the time to parade around and want to counterfeit uh, that things are okay. You would think he would have felt humble, begin to plead like a, having a heart like David to get on his face, to begin to pray, to begin to seek God. He didn't do that. This is what he did. He still wanted to live in what I call the illusion. And I want you to think on today as I can begin to close, you begin to pray this evening to make sure that you're not living in illusion, an illusion by way of trying to be the people's choice. We can't get the people's choice award and still serve God. It's not possible. Paul said that we run our race for the crowns that we're going to receive in heaven. He said nothing about the people's choice award. Now in 30, it says, then Saul pleaded again. I know I have sinned. But please at least honor me before the leaders and before my people by going with me to worship the Lord your God. So basically he's saying, just go with me to give the appearance that God is still with me. Think about this. This is how confused he is. He's asking a prophet that hears from God. The prophet heard that God rejected him. He said, just go with me. Just make it seem like everything is still okay. This is when you know you are dealing with something other than this is something else. This is something else. I don't even want to think about it right now. It starts to make me just get concerned that, that someone would want the prophet to go with him to give the people the illusion that God is still with him. And, and then on top of that, let's worship together because it's all about the people. He still has not understood you just messed up. You just messed up really bad. He's still in the disillusion because he's saying, I still want to play this thing out like God is with me. And my question is, how far will we go before we really recognize that we have really gone off the deep end? He's off the deep end right now. And, and, and I'm closing. I'm going to leave you with two points. The first point is point number one. You can't please people and serve God. We saw that through Saul. Saul not waiting for the prophet. He got himself completely out of order. He built a monument for himself, textbook classic of pride. He's, he, he, pride comes before the fall and he disobeyed the Lord's instructions. Not only that, he went as far, went so far as to try to uh, concoct a, a relationship, make it seem like everything was still okay. Still okay. And he revealed in his heart the whole time, I don't care if I displease God. I'm just stuck on today. I'm stuck on what's happening right now in the natural, not understanding that God has just torn the kingdom from you in the spiritual. It makes me think even now, people of God, that it's like a rose that's cut from the vine. We Until she's cut from the vine and she's set a few days, You it's not withered away. It still looks like it's blooming. It still looks beautiful. It still looks red. And until a couple days go by and it starts to understand that I'm not attached to the vine anymore. There's nothing circulating through me 
to, to, to allow me to keep living and I'm going to eventually die. This is how I see this, this story with, with Saul. And, 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 I, and I, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a treatment on, on this a bit more because I think about Saul and how, from the Lord's perspective, that the Lord says to Samuel, I am sorry that I ever made Saul. I need to do a full treatment on that scripture later on. So I'm going to challenge you guys to come on to the next podcast so that when I treat that scripture and then we'll talk about it from the Lord's perspective, how we grieved him, how Saul grieved him at that time and how us, we, us in the now, because the word of God is given to us for a right now word that we can look at our lives and see where we are grieving the Lord. And we can begin to straighten those areas up in our lives. Point number two, you're in the world, but not of the world. God has an expectation of us as believers. His expectation is clear. Once we have decided to to be saved, we've decreed salvation, we walk through it, we believe it, now we are walking with Christ. This is our walk of sanctification, and there's an expectation that comes with that walk. We just don't willy-nilly around and and try to figure it out. He's given us the Bible, which is our our blueprint for how we operate here on the earthly realm. And he's also told us that you're a new creature now. And with a new creature, just like learning a new language, you must learn the language and the things, the ways of God. And and as you learn the ways of Christ and he does the inside job in your heart, people are going to see it come to fruition on the outside. So the expectation is to be what? Christ-like. And then, and how do we know you're Christ-like? By the evidence. We've talked about this, the evidence of the fruits of the spirit that's, that comes to fruition in your life. But that can't happen without the intimacy required in the relationship with God. So you have to begin to value your relationship with God. If you are, aren't getting the things that you desire, I want you to stop and look at what you're doing. What are you sowing? Are, are, are you always mad? Then you're sowing angry. You're producing angry. If you're if you always broke, are you not sowing enough? Are you not tapping and putting seed in the ground? So now when harvest comes, you don't have anything that's coming out of the ground because you didn't put anything in it. You asking God to go against his ways. He's a principal man. He can't do that. He says, this is what I've given you so that you might be fruitful. You don't have because you're not putting anything into in the ground to have. And when you don't put anything in the ground to have, that's a lack of trust. That's a lack of belief in who God is. That's a lack of belief in the principles of God. And not only that, as we begin to close, he's the vine dresser. He's the true vine. He's the true vine. So if we, if he's are the true vine and, and he's going to cut away everything that doesn't produce fruit because the father is the vine, the, um, the father is the gardener and Jesus Christ is the vine. We ought to be attached to that thing so that there's something that comes out of us, something that comes out of us. And what should come out of us is what's flowing from the relationship because we're attached to him, right? It ought to be Christ-like things. If God is flowing through us, it, it has to come out. That's why if something else is coming out, we have to then begin to question, are we really attached to the vine? Are we attached to something else? that we're calling the vine. We saw it and saw, saw he was attached to people. He wasn't attached to the true vine because he didn't want to please the father. He wanted to please the people. And when you're going to get your reward and his reward was what? He lost the kingdom. He lost the kingdom. And I don't want you to lose out on today because we're overcomers through Christ Jesus. We're winners in this season. So I'm decreeing, declaring even now, everyone under the sound of my voice, that you would be blessed in this hour. I thank you for coming on on today. I thank you for all the loyal podcast listeners who are always co-laboring alongside 
the Holy Spirit and moving throughout this season. I pray for you even now as you get ready to go into Thanksgiving. Those that may even now are feeling lonely because you, you your things didn't come out the way that you thought. I want you to rest in God in this hour. I want you to pull close to him as he pulls close to you and he'll begin to reveal to you the, the deep things of the spirit. And they're going to bless you in this hour. You are not alone. You're never alone because he said he never leave or forsake you. God is right there with you. I encourage you on today just to take a woosah moment and just begin to have gratitude gratitude. I don't want you to go with all the, the, the things, the normal. I want you to do church different. I want you to, to begin to really, really have gratitude as you get up and walk through these last couple of days of this year. Begin to thank God. And I guarantee you, as you begin to thank God, he's going to begin to give you revelation. He's going to begin to comfort you. He's going to begin to do all those things that you need him to do because he said he would do it. He's never going to leave you. He's, he's a father to the fatherless, a mother to the motherless. He said he's going to be your I am in this hour. I decree and declare that even now that Jehovah Jireh is going to provide for you. I decree even now that Jehovah Tiskanu is going to fight for you. I decree even now that Jehovah Nisi will be your banner in this hour. And until next time, I love you and I want you to be blessed. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to www.positivethinkingpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.